0: Hi everyone, and welcome to Psych Hero, where we discuss superhero psychology, and art therapy. I'm your podcaster, Jacinta of Centelin Artworks. Today's topic is emotional superheroes, hulking out anger and coping strategies, highlighting emotional psychology and social psychology, where I'll be discussing how we can use superheroes in therapeutic practice to promote healing and coping strategies through building emotional awareness. Before we begin, just a reminder that Psych Hero has no affiliation with DC, Marvel, or any other publications discussed in this podcast. Let's begin talking about Emotions and Superheroes. Just to start, I wanted to give you some references. There was a book called Our Superheroes, Ourselves, edited by Robin S. Rosenberg. And in that book, there's an article called Emotions in Comics, Why the Silver Age of Comics Made a Difference by Peter J. Jordan. And in it, he talks about the importance of having emotions in superheroes and how Marvel was actually the one to begin introducing that. He realized the characters had more ways for readers to connect with them in an almost instantaneous way as opposed to some of the superheroes we had before. He said the human element of that was emotion. It made the superheroes so understandable to the point that readers would be able to connect with them based on their own experience. He goes in there to talk about the experience of emotions and his own experience of emotions in the comics and in the Marvel comics specifically. As we can see, there's important lining here when discussing emotions and superheroes. There's been many, many articles about characters that are very well known for anger, just like in the X-Men world alone, Wolverine, Magneto, the Juggernaut, Sabretooth, X-23, Even other characters like Sunfire are all well known for their anger. In other comic book realms, we have Raphael from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Red Lanterns, Billy Butcher from Earth Ennis, the boys, and we have Rorschach, the Punisher, Damien, Lex Luthor, and characters like in the Supergirl CW show, Manchester Black is very much driven by his anger. We have all these characters that are highlighted for their anger. Now, the Hulk has been talked about over and over and over again. There's many articles, like in the Psychology of Superheroes book edited by Robin S. Rosenberg, Christopher J. Patrick and Sarah K. Patrick wrote an article about the Incredible Hulk, the origins of rage. And in it, they discuss not only the origins of anger from a human perspective, but they talk about the Hulk's anger specifically. While I'm not doubting that there is a need... To talk about anger at all. I think we actually really need to talk about anger more often than we do. However, what I want to focus on is not how these characters display anger, but how they cope with anger. When I did my practicum with children and adolescents with suicide ideation and crisis intervention, to do that, I would like to share with you an experience I had in introducing superheroes coping strategies and anger in a therapeutic setting as a practicum student for therapy i was often given a task to do art therapy groups with many male and females of various ages under 18 who did not want to talk about anything i had heard many rumors about no one wanting to do groups and quite frankly i was nervous So when I walked in, I saw many angry children and adolescents who definitely appeared to not want to be there. Now in therapy, I never force anyone to do something they don't want to do. However, I was not going to end the group early either, just because no one was talking. So I began with a question, which was, who is your favorite superhero? Of course, many of the answers I received included the Hulk, Deadpool, and Batman. There were other names mentioned, but these three had the most responses. So, of course, my next question was, what do you like about them? Knowing in my head that the Hulk was destructive and Deadpool and Batman suffered traumatic pasts, as well as the Hulk, all three also dealt with anger. So, in response to my question, I received many answers relating to taking charge, anger, and violence. In my experience with the clients, I realized many of them did not like the way they were feeling and searched for an, any outlet to try and release all of the emotions inside. When clients or children or just people in general think of characters that are known for their anger, like the Hulk, how can we utilize this as a therapeutic discussion with superheroes? And the answer is that we can use it to talk about anger in a relational and metaphoric way so it feels safe and less self-identified. Instead of saying, let's talk about your anger, your explosive rage, how you deal with it. Let's have a discussion about the Hulk and his anger. So then they can say, yeah, my anger is like that or no, it's not. It makes it much less shaming. One place to start when talking about coping strategies is we definitely have to promote that conversation of who is the Hulk and when does he appear? Well he appears when Bruce Banner releases his anger but really the Hulk comes out when Bruce is hurt when he is scared and when he feels threatened. In a lot of ways the Hulk represents that emotional and survival reptilian part of our brain where it's saying there is a threat so I need to fight it. Outside of righteous anger, anger is typically considered a secondary emotion. Fear and hurt tend to be the primary emotions that are behind anger. So how do we see that in the Hulk? Let's take a look at the Avengers film, when Bruce Banner is on the shield carrier and a surprise attack launches and a bomb explodes, sending Bruce Banner and Black Widow flying. Bruce lands hard on the ground, far away from where he was standing. We see his labored breathing happening, and eventually he turns into the Hulk. The fear of the surprise attack and the physical threat alerts the brainstem part of his brain, which is responsible for survival. Again, that reptilian brain. This brain enables the flight, fight, freeze, and faint responses. So once the Hulk comes out, he is immediately in a survival mode and tends to fight the threat. We hear this often when Tony Stark refers to the Hulk as a protective mechanism for Bruce. Not only was he protected against the gamma radiation, but he serves a purpose in protecting Bruce. The next step to consider is what does anger do for us, and why do we express anger rather than hurt or fear if anger is a secondary emotion? The quick answer is that anger is more socially acceptable, especially from a male, than expressing hurt, sadness, and fear, which are deemed socially weak or vulnerable. Another reason is that anger often gives people a false sense of control and power in order to feel safe. Instead of being afraid for something we cannot control, we tend to respond with anger and attempt to get control. And the Hulk does that for Bruce. All of these factors ended up being a major discussion in the group I was doing with the children. Now, when we take a look at how do we build the information to form a language to our emotions, there is a book by Carla McLaren called The Language of Emotions, and each chapter is an emotion. In terms of anger, she refers to anger as a protection and restoration mechanism. The internal questions that arise when we're in anger are what must be protected, what must be restored, and the benefits that we receive from anger are honor, conviction, proper boundaries, protection of yourself and others, and healthy detachments. She goes on to say that anger is an emotion that helps set boundaries for us and if your boundaries are broken anger comes forward to restore your sense of strength and separateness she says with the intensity of anger you can reset your boundary and restore your sense of self if you repress your anger you'll endanger others by creating a passive and poorly defined boundary that will lead you to enmesh yourself in their lives the message that we receive from anger is if we channel it properly, we will restore the boundary and our sense of honor. However, when you go on a rampage, you dishonor every soul you encounter, including your own, is what Carla McLaren states. So that's how anger tells us what to do. And if we don't Use it properly, like taking hold of our anger and channeling it properly, that means we're allowing our anger to arise when we're attacked. And it can end up leading to feelings of rage and fury, which arise in states of extreme distress when anger has not been heated or when a tremendous boundary violation has occurred. She goes on to state that rage and fury are rapid levels of emotions that carry tremendous amounts of power, which sounds very familiar to the transformation of the Hulk in Bruce Banner. When you can ground yourself, that means a person has the power and the ability to stabilize their body no matter what immense emotions bubble up to the surface. When you can focus yourself inside your boundary, you can bring yourself back to your center, no matter what thoughts and visions come forward. This is where we get into the area of coping. One of the vital aspects to explore with the Hulk is not only about the hurt and fear behind the anger, but what happens to Bruce when he calms down and how he learns to manage his anger so he isn't turning into the Hulk every single time his heart rate increases because he feels threatened, angry, or scared. At my practicum, I asked all of the clients... What does Bruce look like after he explodes in rage as the Hulk and calms down? Many of them will say he feels bad, he feels really upset, he feels ashamed. They're able to identify these emotions and we're able to see that. If we think about it in Avengers Age of Ultron, after Scarlet Witch influences the Hulk to come out and he unleashes havoc on a nearby city, once he calms down after battling Iron Man's Hulkbuster, we see that Bruce is feeling immense shame, pain, and regret. He's literally curled up with a tormented expression on his face, wrapped in a blanket. So how does this relate to treatment? If we think about it, once we have this discussion, we follow up with, How do you feel after you express anger? And almost every single person will say they feel worse afterwards. They feel bad that they blew up. They feel ashamed. So this leads into a discussion of healthy emotional expression and management. How do we see Bruce Banner cope with his anger? We've seen it in the Edward Norton Hulk and Mark Ruffalo's Hulk that they have to utilize coping strategies such as meditation and deep breathing to keep the heart rate down and manage the anger. We also see Mark Ruffalo's Bruce Banner using music to help keep him calm. He's also very accepting of the fact that he has a lot of anger built inside of him. He's had a lot of anger he's been holding on to since his own traumatic abusive past, and he understands what it's like for him in his body. So with that in mind, he's able to keep himself in check more often. And that was the biggest line that we heard in the first Avengers from him was, I'm always angry. And he's able to turn it on and turn into the Hulk pretty quickly. And then spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen it in Avengers Endgame, we see Bruce and the Hulk coming together as one person. So we see an acceptance happen. We see an integration happens. Where the Hulk is no longer just the anger. The Hulk is not externalized as anger anymore. They're able to come together and he's able to recognize anger is just a part of me. It doesn't have to be who I am. Which is really great for seeing how the Hulk can transform in the cinematic universe. That really can talk about coping strategies in treatment. We can learn a lot by these characters and how they're managing themselves. In the X-Men 90s cartoons, we know that Professor Xavier often tries to invade the minds of the Juggernaut and Sabretooth to try and get at the core of their anger. And they're just not able to let it go. And that's the core of what these characters end up being. Sabretooth is always angry and Juggernaut is always angry and that's their fighting force is to be angry we don't really see them coping with it their way of coping is to try and seek revenge so they'll feel better but there's no active ways of feeling better they they always feel miserable every time we see them they're never happy they're not in any other relationships and they cannot see anything outside of that anger anger ends up becoming a large part of their identity that we often wonder without that anger who are they who is the juggernaut who is saber-tooth? which begs the question is anger protecting their own sense of self-identity since their whole life has been built around getting revenge for their own violations for their own traumatic experience It's possible from the character's perspective, if they were to let go of their anger, then that means they are forgiving what happened to them and they are allowing that person to be forgiven when they don't want to say that it was okay what happened to them. We often see it in anti-heroes and villains, but there are many superheroes or heroes that do have anger struggles. Not all of them are well known for their anger, quite like Magneto, Juggernaut, the Hulk, Rorschach, Punisher. However, there are a lot of characters that we learned have to manage their emotions, such as Storm from the X-Men and Superman and Wonder Woman, With their brute strength, they have to make sure that they keep their emotions in check so they don't cause significant damage. Storm, they've iterated time and time again that she needs to constantly keep her emotions in check because of how much her emotions can impact the weather around her. And these are characters whose anger can become quickly externalized. They can become quickly outside of themselves that everyone else can see. And then we have characters like The Reverse Flash, How the reverse flash is that shadow side of Barry. And the reverse flash is filled with anger. He's able to go through a negative speed force that's full of negative emotions. And this is another character that we don't ever really see cope with that anger. And it just consumes him to the point that he develops a whole new universe for himself. Try looking at the world through a lens of anger day in and day out it's really exhausting and yet that's where we see a lot of villainous comic book characters get a lot of their power and energy in therapy we can say okay what do we know about the reverse flash's anger what do we know about magneto's anger how do they deal with it how does it impact their world do we ever see them feel at peace do we ever see them let it go And people can say no, or people can say, yeah, there was this one time I remember that Magneto finally created his own world on an asteroid belt and he had moment of peace. These are all great examples of comic book characters that can be utilized in therapeutic practice and how I used them with my own clients working with children and adolescents in crisis who had a lot of anger. Through this practice, anger can be validated, it can be learned, understood, explored, and can influence a sense of empowerment in gaining control over that anger by enacting coping strategies and understanding what triggered the anger. Oftentimes we look at anger as an emotion that's characteristically destructive and maladaptive, but really it serves a protective purpose that needs to be validated. There's no positive and negative emotions. Emotions just are. So when we say, how does anger benefit you to the client? It opens up a whole realm of being able to tap into what their worldview is like. We talk about aggression. In the Incredible Hulk Origins of Rage article, they say aggression can also occur in the absence of negative emotional arousal. And there's different forms of aggression, like reactive aggression and predatory aggression. In the article, they believe that the Hulk is a reactive or defense aggression that's associated with the underlying experience of anger or rage. So again, when we have aggression, it's often a defense mechanism. This opens up a whole new level of therapeutic discussion around what are our defense mechanisms? If anger is there in an attempt to gain control and make you feel safe, how is that a defense mechanism or a protective mechanism? How does it serve you? Oftentimes, we feel like we cannot be scared. We cannot be sad, or it's not appropriate to feel scared or sad, so we hold it in later to the point we're about to burst, and instead of that fear or sadness coming out, anger is the one that speaks. Anger is the emotion that tells us when we're hurt, it tells us when we're scared, and it's an emotion that's really hard to suppress. Our bodies don't like to hold it our bodies like it to get out of our system like anxiety anxiety is really hard to hold in the body because the body wants to shake it out it wants it released anger is the same way and there are different expressions of that whether that is aggression passiveness or passive aggressive behaviors so we look at it as okay going back to the Hulk how do we know he's angry other than when he turns green and starts smashing things what do we notice he's got really big hands that he uses to smash things he grinds his jaw or we see his jaw hang real tight unless he's yelling and how does that work for anger in the body and i talk to my clients about where do they notice anger in their body most of the time they don't notice it until it's in their hands they feel their hands get really tight their arms get really tight Their hands might be shaking or feeling really hot and sweaty. And that's normally when anger is at its unleashing point. It needs to get out. When we look at the beginnings of anger, anger starts in the jaw. So anybody who's starting to feel anger, they might notice that they're grinding their teeth. They feel a sharp pain by their ear at their jawline. They might feel their vein or their temple sharpen because their jaw is so tight. Just like the progression of when Bruce transforms into the Hulk, we see his face scrunch up and his mouth close up before he fully transforms into the Hulk to scream out his rage. And then it travels down the neck through the chest area, and down to the hands. And when we think about it, we talk to our clients about breathing. When any of the characters are angry, watch them in a scene where they're angry and watch how they're speaking. Watch how they're breathing. Are they even breathing? Most characters or people, when they're angry, you'll notice that they're not breathing. They turn really red in the face and they have to take big breaths. Once that anger is expelled, we see that a lot with Wolverine's character, with Sabretooth's character, and with the Hulk and the Punisher, right? When the Hulk starts to calm down, his breathing has slowed and quiet, and then he turns back into Bruce. And that's one of the ways that we can also use this as a way to cope with the body and understanding the emotions in the body for therapeutic practice. How do we calm ourselves? We need to take in deep breaths because like you saw, these characters, they're not breathing. Do you feel like you breathe when you're angry? Oftentimes it's no. So those are some of the ways that you can take characters and say, yes, we got the anger part. Check. What does anger look like? What does it serve and how do we cope with it? How do these characters show that they cope with it if they do at all? There's a lot of characters like the Punisher and Wolverine who take out their anger on others or they use exercise for their anger. And then later on Wolverine developed more disciplinary practices such as meditation and discipline as a way to manage his anger. So those are some ways that we can start develop coping strategies lists Obviously not every person or every kid in the room when I was talking about it in the group would want to meditate. Nobody would want to do that. However, almost anybody can practice deep breathing. Almost anybody can decide to walk away and take a break and then come back later to talk about it. Almost anybody can channel their anger into something productive like cleaning the house, getting projects done projects that are simple and menial like fixing a shelf or washing the dishes things like that we can use anger as a way to be more productive which is called sublimation we're taking something and we're channeling it into a more productive way and that's how we can start to formulate even if they don't like all these choices you can ask what do you do that helps when you're angry and they can start naming their own coping strategies that do work and it Building a reminder that they don't have to feel out of control. If they know what anger feels like in their body, they can name it, they can identify it, and they can enact a coping strategy to help them. I use this in my practice quite often, and it's usually good to name a superhero that the client or the group can identify the most so not very many people might know Watchmen's Rorschach but a lot of people know the Hulk and a lot of people know Wolverine and Deadpool and those are places that you can make these strides with however during individual sessions it opens you up to be able to discuss more characters that may closely resemble that person or that person can relate to. So while many of the characters discussed so far have largely focused on well-known male characters and white male characters, it is also important to address female characters and other diversities to represent the different facets of anger in addition to how anger might show up differently. Anger looks differently depending on the character, the age of the character, the gender identity of a character, and what kind of anger it is. If it is fear-based anger, if it is sadness, or is it righteous anger, like we see Bishop in X-Men, having a lot of righteous anger for the social justice issues that arise in the X-Men comics. There are many female characters, when they're in anger, they try to leave and they try to isolate themselves or go to their own special place. Like Rogue in X-Men, when she's upset, she just wanted to drive away, go to her own place and be by herself or seek counsel, so to speak, from someone else who was close to her. There's America Chavez. When she's angry, she tends to shut people out and also goes off on her own. Other characters you can discuss are characters like Jessica Jones, who uses passive aggressive behaviors, and threats when she is angry, and she also tends to cope with her trauma through alcohol. There are characters like Manchester Black, who when he becomes angry, he is not able to listen to what anybody else has to say. He shuts down. There are characters like Sunfire, who has a lot of anger towards larger systems and countries. There was also Drax, who we saw in the first Guardians of the Galaxy film, who is also driven by his anger and need for revenge. Not everybody explodes in anger. So it's good to have other examples of how anger is often expressed that could be seen as an unhealthy expression of it and a healthy expression of it. Both are often vital to show what is healthy, what is not healthy. Although most people have an idea, it's different when you can see anger outside of yourself and have a dialogue with it. And these characters in comic books give us hordes and hordes of visuals and representations and show us how anger impacts interpersonal relationships. Uh, The X-Men team, how does anger disrupt the whole team and make coming together so much more difficult when one just explodes? And how are disagreements handled versus in the Justice League? How is that team dynamic different when they have conflict and are trying to resolve the conflict? This is where we get into a social psychology territory, which focuses on interactions between people and how one's thoughts and behaviors are influenced by these social situations. So we can see when we're d- discussing emotional psychology, how it impacts relationships and what it does to the people closest to you in a non-shaming way, because we're discussing how this impacts others. It makes it much more comfortable and safe to navigate and then people can take in what they relate to what they don't relate to and that's one of the unique ways of just being able to use superheroes just in conversation to promote healing it gives people ideas it's like oh you love the hulk so much Because you think he becomes empowered when he's angry and he takes charge and he protects himself, which is all really great. And Bruce feels bad afterwards. He does not like exploding in anger. He does not like showing his anger in that way. How might you feel empowered and strong enough to protect yourself in a way that's not explosive? And let's go from there and learn from that. An easy way to make this into an art therapy intervention would be to give them their own body map template. It's just an outline of a body, and they can start to color in where they feel anger, for example, in their body. Do their lungs feel heavy? Do their hands feel heavy and hot? Do their cheeks feel really tight? They can have that opportunity to fill in those spaces in the body sheet so they can look at anger outside of themselves and say, oh yeah, In my chest anger feels like a huge volcano and I'm just flooded with lava and then they can draw the lava and then we can talk about okay on the outside of this body map let's write down or draw images that remind you of your coping strategies when you feel angry when you notice it in your jaw what can you do to use a coping strategy when you notice it in your neck what coping strategy may help you. When anger gets to your chest, what can you do to help your anger so you don't let the anger travel farther into your hands and you explode like the Hulk? And that's one of the ways of just having a therapeutic art intervention thrown in there. They can also create their own superhero and talk about how their superhero would show anger and how their superhero would handle anger. And we can see their own connections that way how they're really expressing it in real life, and how they would like to express it in a way that's more metaphorical, but still relational and identifying. Well, that's all I have for today. Thank you all for listening. I will be sure to put those references of those articles on the Hulk and Emotions in Comics in the description of this podcast. Thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. This is your Psych Hero, signing off.